Welcome to episode seven of the Grace Place Wellness Podcast, where we talk about preventative and restorative wellness to church workers and those who love them. I'm Pastor Tom Megabrex, Senior Vice President of Ministry Solutions for Lutheran Church Extension Fund, and I'm joined by the Reverend Dr. Greg Walton, Vice President of Ministry Solutions for Grace Place Wellness of the Lutheran Church Extension Fund. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about physical wellness. That is remembering that God has entrusted to us our physical bodies as his temple, and we are living, breathing witnesses of his love and grace. As always, be sure to stay all the way to the end for your wellness tip that you can implement already today. Hi, Greg. How are you doing today? Doing well. Rainy day in Georgia, so it's storming out, but bears are high. Excellent. Yeah, we're recording just after the first of the year here, and there's a big snowstorm going on up in the Midwest. I'm happy to be living in Florida right now, even though it's raining. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad to be in Georgia, even though we're getting this messy weather. uh, It's better than the alternative. That's right. Blessings to those of you who have to go through that. At any rate, let's jump in today, Greg. We're talking about physical wellness. This is a topic that's near and dear to me. I try to do my best at this. I'm not always great at it, but, but for a time, I had a really long streak of about two years of doing 15,000 steps a day. And then I got sick with the stomach flu and had to break that streak. So I had to start another one and I'm, I'm trying it again. But at any rate, Physical wellness is something that's so vital for church workers. Why would you say that that is? You know, Tom, there's plenty of research out there showing the benefits of physical activity and towards our overall health, and that affects our well-being. Not caring for our physical body, I think, is bad theology. It's like living as though the spirit is good or the mind is good, but the body doesn't matter. It's almost like a Gnostic idea, false Mm impression. Mm -hmm. Our bodies are really gifts from God, and we should do our best to care for them. The truth is, in 2007, the LCMS did a study, found that by and large, our church workers are not caring for their physical bodies. In fact, they said 75%, let that sink in, 75% of LCMS church workers are obese compared to the average obesity rate in the United States, which is 41%. That's huge. 47% of workers were told by their doctor that they're overweight or obese. 10% have diabetes. Uh, These all impact our ability to uh, serve in the church. 33% have high cholesterol, 31% have high blood pressure, 26% of church workers in the LCMS say they do not exercise regularly or weekly, and only 28% say they exercise twice a week. So what the report found was what's most alarming is that most church workers don't seem to recognize that physical wellness is a high priority need for our lives. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, In fact, I think the Bible even talks about it a little bit, doesn't it? Uh, What does the Bible teach about caring for our physical body? Well, I think the Bible has a lot to say about caring for our physical well-being. If you look at the story of Elijah in the Old Testament, um, you know, here he is fleeing from this wonderful experience, but terrifying experience on the mountain. And now Jezebel is after his life. And so Elijah flees. And what does God do? He provides him with two essential parts of physical well-being, and that is 
food and rest. And then, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul talks pretty clearly. He says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You're not your own. You're bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Now, Obviously, Paul is talking here a little bit about a different kind of bodily abuse in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, but the reality is the application to caring for our overall physical well-being is clear. We're temples of the Holy Spirit. And we should care for the temples that God has given to us. He's given us these temples for the purpose of making the love and grace of Jesus known in the world all around us. In Ephesians 4, another place Paul talks about our physical body, he says, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They're darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You, however, did not come to know Christ in that way. But that does kind of sound like the world we live in, right? Always indulging to, you know, indulge ourselves with more and more. I think that we're called to live differently in the world for Jesus, for the sake of the gospel. We live in the world, but we're not to be of the world. The world tells us, do whatever feels good. Uh, But the Holy Spirit has given us one of the fruits is self-control to help us live as those new creations in Jesus. And that really, I think, includes caring for our physical bodies. Yeah, this world certainly does offer us all kinds of choices, doesn't it, in terms of our physical well-being, both good and very, very many bad things that we can choose to do with our bodies uh, that are not good for them and certainly don't reflect the fact that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. A little while ago, you talked about the statistics all those overwhelming statistics of how we overwhelmingly don't really care for our bodies well. So what kind of choices do we have in this day and age anymore that actually help promote physical wellness? Well, you know, I think there are all kinds of things. TVs are full of ads for this new item or that new item to help keep your body physically fit or to reduce fat or to, you know, melt it away or take this pill or take that. But I really think that, you know, at Grace Place Wellness, we want to emphasize four specific areas to consider. Um, And those would include nutrition, what you eat and how you eat. Uh, It would also include exercise, what you do and, and how long you do it. Rest, getting enough and regularly, which means honoring your Sabbath and taking those days off and vacation time and making time for breaks along the way. And finally, stress management, those four areas. And that really just is being aware of what causes me stress and then learning strategies to deal with stress appropriately. Now, I know there are other things that could be considered, but I think these are four good areas to begin with. Absolutely. One of them that you talked about is nutrition. That's something that I'm not always the best at. Talk to me about the the value of good nutrition. Yeah, I think this is probably one of the most overlooked areas. And I think we all tend to slack a little bit, especially during holidays or celebrations with family. And and that's okay. I think we need to give ourselves those opportunities, but we need to maintain really a good nutritional balance throughout our life. And 
Um, nutrition is really essentially about understanding our relationship with food and making good choices. We're living in such a fast-paced time when it's easier to grab a fast food meal than to sit down and prepare something that is healthy and good for us. You and I both travel quite a bit. And so I know you understand me when I say that it's so difficult to find healthy alternatives when you're on the road. Mm-hmm. It, it really takes some intentionality, doesn't it? For sure. And that's not to say that a burger is bad every once in a while, but you can't keep it as a steady diet. Making sure that you get sufficient amounts of fruits and vegetables, cutting back on sugar intake and and making sure that you're moving away from the processed foods that are all around us. All those things help us to maintain nutritional health. And, you know, honestly, Tom, it's a step-by-step process. It's not going to happen overnight. We spent probably two weeks following Christmas cleaning out all the the stuff that we had during the Christmas season with family coming in and all those kinds of things so that we could get back to a more regular schedule. And I'll tell you something, we actually craved getting back to kind of a more rigid, normal schedule. And speaking of a a rigid, normal schedule, one of the essential things you talked about, not just nutrition, but actually getting rest, which I think church workers are not always the best at. I know far too many pastors that do not take their day off or get the proper amount of sleep with stress and worry and all that kind of stuff. What, What is the value of rest? Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, there are scores of studies that highlight the value of good rest. In fact, I hope to delve into that a little bit more. But when we're talking about rest, we're not really only talking about sleep, although sleep is indeed a critical piece. Studies have shown that sleep plays a vital role in good health and well-being throughout our lives. The way you feel when you're awake depends on what happens when you're sleeping. During sleep, your body is working to support your healthy brain function and maintain physical health. In fact, inadequate sleep over time raises chronic health concerns. So getting sufficient sleep is really important, and it requires some self-control. We're so addicted in our day and age to all these electronic kinds of things and TVs and all those things that can hinder our sleep cycle. One of the things that I think is important is setting a regular bedtime. And it's not always easy to keep it, but experts say that you should shoot for seven to eight hours of sleep a night for it to be restorative. Now, that seems like an impossibility, especially for church workers who are busy going to this meeting at night and that meeting at night. But I think you have to build it in. One of my friends has a set time at 10 o'clock. And if there's something going on and it gets later than that, you can just see him starting to fade. And he he just excuses himself and goes to bed. I think that's a really healthy habit to have. But sleep isn't the only thing that matters when it comes to rest. I did a quick survey of a group of pastors I was with recently. Guess how many of the 15 that I was with took advantage of all the vacation time offered by their congregation? I'm going to guess the way you're saying this, probably zero. That is exactly right. And, you know, if I was honest, when I was a parish pastor, I rarely used all my allotted vacation time. And often I skipped my day off. I, You know, my wife was teaching. She was a school teacher and my kids were at school anyway. So I figured why stay at home and do nothing? I So I went to work. But I found myself often fatigued and it wasn't fair to my family. And it 
ultimately wasn't fair to my congregation. You know, taking those breaks, whether it's a short duration during the day or taking days off or even personal days, they can be restorative mentally, emotionally, and physically. You know, a short nap of 20 to 30 minutes can improve your mood and sharpen your focus and reduce fatigue. Maybe my kindergarten teacher was right after all. God set a pattern for us. Uh, Resting on the seventh day after creation, we need to follow his example and invest in our rest. Exactly. You know, we've talked already about nutrition and about rest. And if we have a lack of good nutrition and a lack of rest, and then we throw the everyday stresses of life, especially a life of ministry into it, man, that's a recipe for disaster, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. what about that? What about stress management? How do we take care of that? What's that all about? Well, let me start with the lack of stress management, which results in chaos, doesn't it? In a sense, it was this very thing, an inadequate stress management that helped create Grace Place Wellness in the first place. Dr. John Eckridge, a now retired but former gastroenterologist in St. Louis, was seeing so many church workers in that area uh, in his practice dealing with all kinds of stress-related illnesses, things like ulcers and stomach issues, heart disease, fatigue, and headaches, just to name a few. There's no doubt that stress in ministry is real. It's a part of what we do. We're dealing with critical issues, sometimes spiritual, sometimes mental, sometimes emotional, often with people, and it creates stress. Prayer and meditation are certainly great stress relievers. I know for me, when I was in the parish, I could walk into the empty sanctuary and quietly kneel at the altar or even sit back in a pew for just 10 minutes. And, and it was a time to be refreshed. Yeah, what a blessing that is. Yeah, it, it really is. It, take advantage of that when you can. But for some, it comes from listening to music or maybe taking a brisk walk or doing other physical exercise. Uh, again, you know, when I was in the parish, sometimes I would, uh, we had a school and I would just walk the hall of the school, peek into classrooms and then just walk back. It didn't bother a class, but it was just a, a way for me to reduce that stress, get a little bit of walking in. Maybe it's picking up the phone and talking with some brother or sister that you trust that you can confide in or at least vent. I actually had a teacher in my last parish who would come into my office unannounced often and close the door and just simply scream. And then she would smile and leave. And it was her way of relieving stress, although sometimes it increased mine. You know, the danger is many aren't discovering ways to manage this stress and they're allowing the stress to manage them. And that's a dangerous thing. I think the key is you have to be intentional about learning ways to manage stress. And it's going to be different for every person. There are things that are going to work for some that aren't going to work for others. But I think you have to find that place and intentionally seek it out. Intentionality, I I like that word. You do have to be intentional about that stress reduction, that stress management, or it will definitely get the best of you, no doubt about it. And part of stress management in my personal life, as we talked about a little earlier, as we kicked off the podcast today, is just exercise. Uh, I have found that to be so valuable in my life that I try to do it 
every single day, as I said earlier, walking. I just don't run anymore. I've gotten to the yeah. the age where uh, the only time I run is if somebody's chasing me, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I really enjoy walking. And uh, we have a wonderful trail by our house. And when I'm here in town, I get to utilize that. It's just basically right outside our back door. And, and there's even just this subculture of people on the trail that I see almost every day. And we've come to know each other and each other's names. And it's really just such a wonderful way to kick off the day and a way to to keep my stress in check a little bit. What would you say about the benefits of exercise? Yeah, you know, I I really can relate to that, Tom. Uh, First of all, Florida has in certain places beautiful trails and opportunities to do that kind of walking. And when we transitioned from Orlando to Atlanta, we lost that and we missed that because we would go out at six in the morning and take our walk. And like you said, there is a subculture there of people that you would see every day and, and just kind of chat with. And for us, it started during COVID. When we began working from home, we just took that opportunity to get out and walk and we never stopped. Uh, in fact, we still do it today just on a smaller scale because our neighborhood is so small. But you You know, I think there are multiple benefits to exercising regularly. You know, if you haven't been doing that regularly, you start slowly and then stick with it, build towards something greater because you're investing in yourself and in your family and ultimately in your ministry. You know, the physical benefits of exercise are pretty obvious. Building stronger muscles, being able to maintain a healthier weight, the ability to do more things, especially as we age. But, you know, I found there are exercises you can do at any age, including some that are very low impact. And I think walking is one of those examples where even if it's 10 minutes a day, it's a start and you'll build up. As you enjoy it, you begin to do it more often. But these days, I find more people turning to stretching exercises and things like yoga and Pilates, things that really are good ways to stay conditioned. Things like swimming or biking or walking or jogging, tennis, golf can be great exercise options. I know when I golf, I get a lot of exercise because I'm always chasing my ball. But, you know, there are so many ways to build uh, exercise into your daily routine besides buying a gym membership. What a gym membership does do is it helps with accountability. Mm -hmm. Uh, And personally, I'd rather be outside exercising if possible. But there are also some mental and emotional benefits to exercising. Science tells us that exercise releases endorphins, which are the feel-good chemicals in our brain. That's why we often feel a sense of joy after working out. Mm -hmm. I always thought it was just because I was done. But there's actually a sense or a feeling of accomplishment. Exercise also helps get the blood flowing, which directly benefits the heart and the lungs. It builds strength in our arms and in, in our legs. It also helps us maintain balance. All essential things as we age, as I'm personally learning. Uh, To me, it's not worrying about how much exercise we do, but that we exercise and do it regularly. So five minutes here, five minutes there is really sufficient if we're doing something to get that blood flowing, get the heart rate moving and get it up. Fitness gurus tell us that we should aim for a minimum of 10,000 steps in a day. uh, And that's a great target to shoot for. But don't let that be a limitation one way or the other. If you don't make it, that's okay. You keep trying. And if you are able to do 15 or 18 or 20,000 miles, God be praised. You know, keep it up. It's good for you. The bottom line is exercise is beneficial to our life and to our health. So we need to get moving. 
For sure. Absolutely. And you may talk about this in a little bit, but there's the extra added benefit. If you're a Concordia plan services member, the vitality will get you points and ultimately gift cards. So that's a little benefit there. Yeah. Maybe you talk about that in a minute, but anyway, so we've talked about nutrition and rest and stress management and exercise. How about just kind of summarizing the value of, of physical wellness? Yeah, I think you actually kind of hit the nail on the head with what Concordia offers, and that's the word vitality. I think physical wellness is really all about vitality and staying actively engaged in the world all around us. Uh, It's about exercising and learning to exercise self-control, mindful of our nutrition, uh, our rest, and our stress management. Uh, My friend and predecessor, uh, Daryl Zimmerman, used to summarize it in three phrases that amount to 12 words. I love this. He says, mm-hmm. walk like you're late. I don't eat that and get an accountability partner. And walking like you're late is really a way to remind yourself to get that heart rate up as you walk. A stroll is okay, but getting that heart rate up is really the key to a full benefit. Learning to say, I don't eat that is a little mantra to help you break a cycle of eating things you shouldn't. So next time you see a bag of chips or uh, for me, ice cream, uh, say to yourself, I don't eat that. Now, that doesn't mean you can't ever eat it. Don't, don't misunderstand me, but it does help when we're in those weak moments of temptation to say, I don't eat that. And you'll be amazed at how powerful uh, that little phrase can actually be. And then finally, you know, getting an accountability partner is really having someone who will encourage you to take care of yourself. In my last parish, I had a, a gentleman who was a fellow member at the YMCA and every Sunday without fail, he'd say this to me on the way out of church. Either he'd say, didn't see you at the Y this week, pastor, or it was good to see you at the Y this week, pastor. But you know, I knew that was coming every week. And so I tried to make it an effort to be at the Y and be seen by him uh, as often as possible. But you know, physical wellness is essential to finding joy in ministry and, and really in finding joy in life. Absolutely. Yeah. Anybody who knows me knows that I always walk like I'm late. (laughs) It's just who I am. My wife Uh, calls it the airport walk. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. People can't keep up with me at the airport. (laughs) That's right. We touched a little bit on uh, Concordia Plan Services and the Vitality Program. What programs are there in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod to promote physical wellness, the kind that we're talking about today here? Yeah, I think Synod does promote physical wellness, especially, I think, Concordia Plan Services. Again, uh, vitality is a a tremendous resource for uh, our workers, but it even goes beyond that. In fact, Concordia offers uh, a number of different things to help church workers maintain a healthier lifestyle, to lose weight. They have like the wonder. They have Lungvago, which is something to do with diabetes. They have Omada, which is pre-diabetic... You don't fall into that. So there are a number of programs that are there essentially aimed at physical well-being because obviously, you know, there's there's a lot of benefits for them as well for us to maintain our health. I really like the, the vitality because it does offer incentives for a variety of activities through a point system that you can then use for gift cards. Uh, vitality, by the way, offers a discount on fitness watches 
uh, mm-hmm. like Fitbit, or they have a program now with Apple for Apple watches. With yeah, that's how I got cost. my Apple watches through yeah. that. Yep. So it's a, a great incentive. In, in my opinion, Concordia Plan Services really is leading the way with wellness programs in the LCMS. Oh, they do there are other organizations job. that are promoting wellness and physical wellness, but in terms of Synod Inc., I think that they're doing one of the best jobs. So as we get close to bringing this episode to rest, if you will, can you just say a word about sabbaticals in regard to rest? Because both you and I are very strong proponents of sabbaticals. Yeah, I'm really passionate about that, Tom. Let me just clarify that there is a difference uh, between a ministry sabbatical and an academic sabbatical. You know, the, the difference is basically an academic sabbatical is usually for the purpose of creating or producing something like a book or research project. But a ministry sabbatical is really about rest and renewal. It may produce something. I don't mean to downplay that at all, but that's not the major focus. A ministry sabbatical is modeled after Sabbath in creation. It's generally something that uh, is recommended to be offered every seven years since God rested on the seventh day, and it generally lasts for three months. And the reason is simply this. It takes the first two weeks to a month just simply to wind down and actually get into a groove of not being in a work routine. It's not unusual for workers to report that their first week of sabbatical, they sleep a lot. Mm -hmm. The next period of time may be used to reestablish relationships in the family or to visit or to travel or to read, not just read academically, but to read for pleasure, which is something that a lot of times we don't do. Workers may participate in Bible classes and and worship services where they're simply participants rather than the leader. It's so refreshing to do that. And it's always wise to have some purpose which will enhance your current ministry when you return from the sabbatical. But it really all begins with educating a congregation on what a sabbatical is and what it is not. It is not extra vacation or wasted time off. Right. purposeful time for renewal and rest. With a burnout rate among our church workers that is continuing to increase, this is a critical time to begin uh, addressing this. But it doesn't just happen. It takes planning. In fact, I recommend uh, a a minimum of a year for planning and and that you gather a committee within a congregation or ministry to help with that planning because that also helps with ownership. It's not just the, the worker who's taking a sabbatical, but it involves the whole ministry. We've just made some downloadable uh, planning tools available on our LCEF website under Grace Place Wellness, and I encourage people to go and take a look there and see. There are some other great uh, websites out there with resources. The uh, West Coast districts have done a tremendous job as well putting together uh, information, and so I would encourage people to look. Funding is a whole other issue, but it doesn't have to be a hindrance uh, if a sabbatical is planned in advance with plenty of time. In fact, we could spend a whole session, a whole podcast on funding models, and maybe we'll do that in the future. But I believe sabbaticals are going to be an increasingly important tool for the longevity of church workers as we look to the future, especially as we face a shortage of church workers even now. Sabbaticals are a proven method to increase longevity and joy and satisfaction in ministry. Beyond providing rest and renewal, sabbaticals will likely become a tool for retention and for recruitment of workers in the future. 
Some denominations, by the way, are already writing sabbaticals into their call documents as an expectation and as a priority. And I think there's wisdom in that practice. In fact, you know, for some, this is uh, a way to recruit uh, workers to their ministry. If I'm serving a ministry where I feel like I'm not receiving that kind of support and an opportunity comes to go to something like that, I may think twice about that. So you and I both know church workers don't serve uh, in ministry to get rich or famous. They want to serve the Lord. Sabbaticals are a simple but healthy way that won't make us rich, but will enrich us uh, so that we have a longer and brighter future of serving the Lord in ministry. It will help to re-renew, and that's really what we want. I've said it before and I'll say it again. My sabbatical was a life-changing experience for me. It, it happened just in the nick of time, right when I needed it, came back refreshed and renewed, ready to hit the ground running. It was uh, just a, a fantastic experience. And and by the way, you, you talk about having a committee in the congregation. I, I had that, but I also had one individual member who was kind of a champion for me, mm. who said, we're going to make this happen. And he helped me in writing grant proposals and in putting together some of the pieces so that it actually happened. And, and that was just an incredible blessing for me and for my family and ultimately for the congregation itself, too, for, for the ministry in general. So, yeah, really good stuff, Greg. Thanks for that. You, you know, what's fascinating to me, Tom, is there are businesses in the corporate world now that are offering their employees sabbaticals in order to maintain creativity and uh, health. And it's just amazing to me that, you know, these these large corporations are offering that. It's an investment into their worker. And that's what we're saying to, to ministries is this is an investment back into your worker uh, to make them healthier and more productive for ministry in that place. Yeah, I think we need to plan to have a, a future podcast dedicated entirely to sabbaticals, if not more than one. We'll, we'll do that in the future. But before we go, Greg, we're nearing the end of our time together. Would you give us a, a wellness tip that we can implement already today? Here's a tip that I think would be very helpful, and that is find exercise partners who will encourage you, who will hold you accountable and give you encouragement as you make time to exercise your physical body each day. You might also consider one unhealthy practice you'll stop doing and then one healthy practice that you'll start. Yeah. Make three good nutritional choices this week. Just start small uh, so that you're better equipped to connect people to Jesus. That's what it's really all about. Baby steps, right? Baby Amen. steps toward better nutrition, toward more exercise, toward stress management, toward rest. Do a little bit at a time and ultimately it will really, really pay off. So thanks for really good information here today, Greg. I hope people really take it to heart. And thank you, listener, for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, we would really love it if you would share it with a friend. You can copy the link and text it or send it by email. And we'd also appreciate it so much if you could please leave a five-star rating and write a good review. That really helps us in the algorithm so that more people get to hear this good message. It helps us reach more people with the message of wellness for those who serve the Lord and his people. And always remember, if you need any kind of help with ministry planning or ministry expansion campaigns, what we call capital campaigns or stewardship or church work, 
worker wellness issues, we are always here to help. You can contact your LCEF district vice president in your area, or feel free to email us at ministry.solutions at lcef.org. And also, as always, check out our website at lcef.org, especially as we said today, that page on sabbaticals. There's some really good stuff there. So remember, be well and stay well in the grace, love, peace, mercy, and forgiveness of Jesus. Have a great day. Bye.